the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Strangely, we could talk about Stranger Things. Big hit for Netflix, breaking all sorts of Netflix-type records. Stranger Things, the latest installment of the hit series, has been viewed more times than any other film or series on Netflix in the first four days since it was released. Netflix said that they hit 40.7 million households have watched the third season of the sci-fi show since it hit streaming platforms on July 4, while 18.2 million have completed the entire season. Binge watching at its best. Do you remember the first TV show you binge watched? I'd love to hear from you if you do. You can drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. Mine, strangely, was a Netflix show pre-streaming. Because I do what I do, I never saw an episode of Friends. I never saw an episode of, of every TV show that everyone watched in the 90s. I was running a business. I was starting a business. Never watched a whole episode of Friends or Seinfeld. I became successful instead. Now, you probably have great memories of those two shows. And The Office, never seen one. I've seen like two or three minutes, for sure. But I couldn't name one character, for sure. Um, Anyway, I'm digressing. My first show was The Sopranos um, on DVD, and it stank because you could get a two-DVD service for like... $7.99 $7.99 or three DVD service for $9.99 per month. And they would ship them to you and you'd ship them back and you didn't have to pay the shipping. It was pretty heavenly. But when you only had two or three DVDs and you went through 12 episodes on Friday and Saturday, you're like, oh man, now I gotta wait till I can send it back on Monday. They'll probably get it on Wednesday. Maybe I'll get my. Yeah, you see how it goes? So 40.7 million households have been watching the show since July 4th. That's a big number. ABC, NBC, CBS doesn't have anything close to that. Not even 30 million close to it. Yeah, maybe 30 million, but uh, that's about it. Not even 25 million close to it. Are you with me or against me? Because this is a civil war and you need to pick a side. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. There's a lot of people who have read um, about the markets. Uh, what's driving the markets? Is it right now the weakness in earnings expectations, or is it weakness in what the Federal Reserve is going to do? That's interesting, right? Thank you. Thank you. Stock market right now has kind of a consolidation feel. Do you remember last week when we were hitting all-time record highs? Where were you when we last hit all-time record highs? Well, I was a young child in India growing up. Uh, no, it was last week. Snap out of it, Rob. The first catalyst right now that we're looking for in the near term is Fed Chairman Jerome Powell. He's got a semi-annual monetary policy testimony in front of Congress on Wednesday. And they're going to go, Mr. Powell, I'm a great senator from South Carolina. I like to have you guys. 
And I'm not making fun of people from South Carolina. I love people from South Carolina. When I was 20 years old, I loved the, the young ladies from South Carolina because they were I, I Notice I made it age appropriate. I didn't make that weird. Um, I'm I tired. <laughs> oh, I do miss the South. They would have won the Civil War, but they just spoke too slowly. General, there's a battalion right over the ridge. Anyhow, um, stories out there. So Catalyst could be Fed Chairman Jerome Powell. Then, oddly enough, we get an economic data piece on Thursday. Consumer price index. Are we seeing inflation? The third catalyst is the second quarter earnings reporting season, which is in a green shoots phase now before going full bloom in a few weeks. Huh. Very, very interesting. The earnings season's not expected to be all that in a bucket of chicken. Which, for the record, you got to find love on your arm. you got a sunny day and a bucket of chicken from KFC. You can't ask for better. So, bipartisan... Policy Center suggested the debt ceiling could be hit in the United States in the first half of September versus a prior projection of October and November. We are spending money like drunken sailors. Which, again, having not met that many drunken sailors, I don't really know what that actually means. So the deceleration has caused a bit of stir, evidenced by three basis points jump in the three-month bill yield to 2.25%. So we got debt issues that we're going to be talking about in two or three months. Can the United States break the bank? Will Congress go along with the president's plans? Join this, join me for this and more in 90 days. That sucks, doesn't it? Doesn't it seem like we're always doing that? And Politics feels a little broken. So there's a downward drift going on right now. Even though we got better than expected numbers from PepsiCo. PepsiCo got really good numbers. Cisco is acquiring Acacia Communications, and Cisco is lining up to be a really good play in 5G. Pepsi's up a little bit. 3M's down 1.8%. Now, again, 3M got a downgrade because the economy's um, not all that right now, the world economy. But that downgrade would turn to an upgrade the moment there's a deal with China, if there's a deal with China. I'm starting to even wonder, should I stop talking about China? Boeing is going to be close to the watch today. They're going to report orders and deliveries. At 8 a.m. Pacific time. You know what would make me? You know what make, makes me angry? Something that really makes me angry, and I got a lot of stuff that makes me angry. I get mad at Sarah Jessica Parker for pushing $400 Manila Blahniks, right? So something that makes me angry is is when you watch TV and everything being reported in Eastern time. How about us in California? How about the West Coast? How about report stuff in Pacific time? Jobs, 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 jobs. Jobs look good pretty right now. Good, pretty good right now. That's out there. One way that President Trump could kind of bypass Congress and bypass typically what the markets do on their own. He's called for the U.S. Treasury and Federal Reserve to weaken the U.S. dollar, arguing that American exports are being hurt by other countries' efforts to devalue their own currencies. What's interesting to note about that is a lot of times people talk about World War One and World War Two and Germany and Italy and Japan and uh, had Japan worked with Germany better, they probably would have squeezed Russia out of the war and there would have been no second front ever uh, because the United States waited and waited and waited to join Russia and hitting Germany on both sides. The Third World War very well could be a currency uh, world war. And that just makes you scratch your head and go, what, what, what? A currency war, an economic war, a war without wor- uh, words, right? Like, wow. 
Big event coming up July 11th in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. Retirement income and tax planning. Sign up at Rob Black Show. Use code, code radio 25. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Financial money invested in more. We could talk about Stranger Things thumping what ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox are doing. Or we could talk about Colin Kaepernick and Nike. Some some pretty all out there, outlandish, kind of crazy, but they might just be on to something conspiracy theorist on Nike. That they never really wanted to sell the Betsy Ross shoes. That Colin Kaepernick calling for a ban was nothing but free promotion. And suddenly those shoes are worth thousands of dollars if you can get your hands on them. Interesting. I, I don't get the whole sneaker craze. And maybe in three years, you'll see me wearing like $400 pairs of sneakers. And you'll go, Rob, you sold out. Maybe. But I've met a couple people. Mark Benioff at Salesforce.com. And he wears crazy expensive sneakers. And I just don't get it. I'm not into materialism or expressionist materialism. A friend of mine just got a McLaren. And I just don't understand it. See, that's what I want. A good old jalopy. I'd, I'd rather have a dune buggy than a McLaren. I know you're saying, really? Well, yeah, kind of. Nike's Betsy Ross sought-after athletic footwear has the potential to balloon in value like few other investments in the world. There's a lot of assets in the world. There's stocks. There's bonds. There's real estate. There's baseball trading cards. There's a lot of types of real. There's a lot of type of assets, and shoes can certainly be one of them. The global sneaker resale market is now worth over six billion dollars. Very few investments can offer two thousand to four thousand percent returns, like stinky old sneakers. Nike pulled the sneakers embellished with the so-called Betsy Ross flag on the heel from its apps and website after critics said the early U.S. flag featuring 13 stars is an offensive symbol because it linked the U.S. to a period of slavery. At some point in time, and I, this is just my opinion, and I'm not very smart on history, we got to stop whitewashing history. Um, now, again, do we celebrate a flag? Sure. Do we get offended at that period of time? Yes. But it seems a bit much to me, and the controversy has kicked the... The sneakers from 120 bucks a pair to over $4,000 on the secondary market. Yep, you heard, you heard me right. So Kanye West versus Louis Vuitton, which would you rather have? Well, Kanye West partnered with Louis Vuitton, and they made sneakers. One pair of shoes, $28,471. I, I dig me some Kanye. <laughs> Do you think people who are in real parts of the world look at us and go... That seems excessive. I could eat for like a, a year on that. And South Park had a character from Ethiopia once, and uh, uh, they were making fun of the idea that Americans don't know much about world people. Um, Starvin' Marvin. And he didn't really talk. He just clicked. He would... Do you think if Starvin' Marvin were to meet Kanye West, that Starvin' Marvin would be crying? Like, I, I think so. But anyway, I'm not going to go into dark areas today. I'm, I'm all happy Rob today. So, the Pharrell. Remember the happy guy? Happier. Yeah, that's about all the lyrics that I know, which is pretty pathetic. But um, the original price, up 1,100%. Worthy of note. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Air Jordan 5 Retros from Tokyo or for Tokyo up $2,449 okay so you can make money all sorts of way no as my French friends would say no 
So big stories out there today. There's not a crazy amount of big stories. Um, it's kind of weighted mode. What will Jerome Powell do? What will earnings look like? How much inflation's in the market? We had a big run-up, so we, sometimes we take a pause that refreshes. Mexican-made automobiles streamed across the border at record rates in the first half of 2019. Mexican factories sent 1.37 million vehicles north of the border during the first half of the year, making up 16% of the U.S. auto market. Mexico's leading auto industry trade group, the Association Mexicana de Industria Automobil, released new data this week saying a record 2.6 million vehicles were imported from Mexico. That's pretty impressive. Remember President Donald Trump's threat to slap a tariff on every product the U.S. imports from Mexico? That threat in early July had executives worried from car companies that they pulled forward. Just throwing it out there for you. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money invested in more. Billionaire and former presidential candidate Ross Perot is dead at 89 years old. He can have all the money in the world, and he's still going to die. Something that we know pretty humbly. He was a philanthropist and independent presidential candidate. Probably caused an election, cost an election for a Democrat as he split votes on the uh, people who didn't like one or the other. He ran for president in 92 and 96. He died after a five-month battle with leukemia. In business and life, Ross was a man of integrity and action. He was an EDS kind of guy, um, kind of like a poor man's IBM um, as far as companies that would go in and set up computers and set up software platforms and networking and get companies 21st century going. Billionaire anti-Trump activist Tom Steyer is entering the 2020 race with a pledge to spend $100 million. Oh, boy. You know who's going to be a big winner on this one? A company called Gray Television. They're one of those, uh, they actually own a lot of TV stations. In markets that are news-driven, it's tough, 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 tough to compete with um, ABC, NBC, CBS on a lot of levels. So it's some of the independent stations. I work for one, Crown 4. We do news, and we do news well. When there's an earthquake, people tune us in. But we're in San Francisco, and San Francisco is going to vote Democrat. So you don't got to run a heck ton of uh, commercials here. But uh, great television should do well as more... Democrats throw more money. And again, we expect record election spending this year, right? In the next year, for sure. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Give me a call, 800-516-1220. Speaking of don't be shy, come to a live event. Live Thursday, 630 to 830 in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. Retirement Income and Tax Planning Seminar, 630 to 830. It's probably the greatest thing that I can do for you is help you figure out how you're going to get income in retirement. Your job's probably not going to be there. Cron's got a guy at the front desk, James, who's finally retiring, and he has to be close to 80 uh, as a security guy. Most of us don't get the right to work that long. Come to the big event Thursday night to learn about income and retirement, 630 to 830 Palo Alto Elks Lodge. Go to Rob Black's show and use code RADIO25 to sign up today. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Bitcoin down below 10000 giving up some of this year's epic rally. That's considered an alternative investment. There's all sorts of alternative investments. I just talked about sneakers and Nike and seeing some of the crazy returns of $120 sneakers turning into $25,000 pair of sneakers. They're assets. Bubblegum cards are assets. Big asset of the show, but you can't invest in them. Patrick O'Hare from Briefing.com. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, Rob. I'm doing well. It's nice to be back with you. 
Uh, would you throw down $25,000 for the Betsy Ross sneakers that were originally planning to be priced at $120? Yeah, that's, that's a little outside my, my range, so I think I'll leave that to someone else. <laughs> Oddly enough, mine, too, for something that's stinking old pretty darn fast on my big big feet. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of stinking old, we hit all-time record highs last week, and this week we seem to be compressing those highs. Um, is it just a kind of a sideways is okay it's not down you know we're still having a great year what's the story on the the market pulling back after such an epic rally sure yeah well i think it is exactly that and that you know you came off of uh one of the best junes in uh in decades <laughs> and uh you know you had the s&p 500 up close to seven percent <throat> last month and and so you have you know trading there at record highs and now this week you're uh, leading up to some you know what some people think are going to be some uh, important trading catalysts uh namely fed chair powell's semi-annual monetary policy testimony on wednesday uh and then the release of the consumer price index on uh, on thursday both of which are going to flow into the market's uh, prevailing expectations as it relates to what the fed's likely to do at its fomc meeting at the end of this month and so we think that you know really what you're seeing um, unfold at the moment is just a, a period of consolidation after a big run and uh, and that's totally understandable here uh, and uh, not overly alarmed by by the price action we're seeing uh, you know in the early part of this week sounds good um, bad news is good news or good news is bad news is sometimes how Wall Street works Friday we got pretty good job numbers. I wouldn't say epic. I wouldn't say stellar, but pretty good. And that kind of caused people to rethink maybe the Fed's not going to cut interest rates. Are we focusing too much on the Fed and the trade war to drive the stock market? Because those are kind of, I want to say, secondary thoughts in my world of what should drive the stock market as far as news goes. Are we too focused on interest rates and uh, China? Well, there's there's absolutely a you know hyper focus on on both of those factors, uh, but I would say particularly you know monetary policy. I mean, it's very clear to see uh, in the charts when you line up <clears throat> what's taken place this year in terms of the Fed's pivots, as well as uh, the um, uncertainty revolving uh, you know trade trade issues with not only China, but with Mexico. Um, you know, we provided that chart in a big picture column we updated a few weeks ago, and you can see clearly that the market has gotten a lot more distance out of the Fed's dovish-minded pivots uh, in January and and in May, uh, and uh, or in early June, I should say. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's been almost like a Pavlovian type of uh, response, really. You know, this market since 2009 uh, has been conditioned to respond favorably to, um, you know, the Fed lowering interest rates. And and that's what it has squarely in its sights right now. And, and that's why you do get this, um, you know, this moment of where you see good news being interpreted as bad news, which is really convoluted thinking, but nonetheless, that's how this market operates right now, for better or for worse. And, you know, I guess we're just a little concerned that perhaps, um, you know, the Fed could be getting to a point here where it might be pushing on a string by trying to cut interest rates to get, you know, uh, inflation uh, up a little bit more and, and and growth moving, you know, a little bit more, because you might run into this period here, given the 
the wave effect of weakening uh, economic activity abroad making its way to the U.S. and ultimately kind of diminishing, you know, the impact of this this next incremental rate cut, uh, assuming we get 25 basis points at the end of this month. So, um, be curious to see how the market does react in coming months as more earnings news come in, comes in, and more economic data arrives. But, um, but there's no denying that you know this market has been feasting on the persistence of low interest rates. So, where do we go in earnings season? Because to me, instead of a secondary driver being trade deal with China and lower interest rates, although they're very important. To me, it's always about earnings. It's always about the do-re-mi in the long run. History will remind us this was epic period of earnings. They probably will tell us it was also an epic period of low interest rates and maybe even a great China deal. So maybe I'm talking myself out of this one. But uh, earnings season's coming up. Um, what are the experts saying what we can expect? Well, you know, you're not, according to FAXA, you know, you're not going to see any earnings growth based on what the you know consensus estimate is at this at this time right now the S&P 500 is projected to report a 2.6% year over year decline in operating earnings uh, and that number's come down uh, since uh, the end of the first quarter when it was expected to be only down about a half of a percent um, you know that didn't really stopped the market, though, in the, in the first quarter, uh, when you also saw, you know, a, a very slight decline in, in operating earnings. And, and, and the, you know, I go back to what we just discussed, and, you know, the overwhelming support factor there was, was twofold, but primarily this idea that uh, bad earnings news or a slowdown in growth would prompt the Federal Reserve to uh, provide more monetary policy stimulus. And certainly through the first quarter, there was some hope anyway that a, uh, a trade deal with China was on the near horizon. And so that kind of got things uh, reoriented, uh, you know, in a, in a good way. And, um, and so the market is really kind of looking past, you know, a very um, uh, a lackluster, you know, earnings period right now uh, and looking to the Fed's rate cuts or the persistence of low interest rates as a bridge to the second half of the year when it should hopefully see an acceleration in both, you know, earnings growth and economic growth. And so there's been this kind of, uh, you know, you know, willingness to, to look past this, you know, disappointing earnings news on the expectation that six months down the road, you're going to get better news that justifies the, uh, the higher multiples uh, we've been seeing here. Sounds good. Um, what else are you working on right now that we should be paying attention to? What's in your world versus questions in my world, per se? Right. Well, we, we touched on a little bit here. Um, you know, this this okay. uh, big picture column this week will will be oriented around the upcoming second quarter earnings reporting period. Uh, it's starting to to you know, I described in today's page one column. We're in sort of this green shoots phase uh, where you're starting to get a few companies coming out, like we saw PepsiCo uh, this morning with better than expected results. Uh, but you're not going to see a you know a full bloom of earnings results really for another few weeks when it gets really really busy in terms of uh, the incoming reports. But um, but it will be curious. You know we're going to be keeping an eye on how the market does respond to what is expected to be some otherwise lackluster news and. Uh, uh, and whether it can kind of elevate to a to an even higher high here on the back of 
some tepid earnings results, or if it's going to you know move into a more uh, extended consolidation period as it waits to see you know data in the back half of the year and whether it's validating this move we've seen in the first half of the year, which has been predicated in large part on getting better earnings growth in the latter half of the year. <laughs> it's been an interesting summer so far. What are you expecting for the rest of the summer? Is it is it what you're, we're talking about? Interest rates, earnings, China deal? And is that the same answer for what do you expect for the rest of the year? As the first half was pretty darn good. Sure, sure. Um, you know, well, that's all certainly be part of, part of the mix. Um, you know, would add into that mix, though, you're going to start hearing a little bit more about the uh, uh, activity in Congress and the uh, effort, and we hope the effort, to get to a budget deal and, and, and obviously, you know, an agreement to raise debt ceiling so you don't have any unnecessary drama surrounding that issue. Uh, you know, there was a report out this morning from the um, uh, Bipartisan Policy Center that uh, was suggesting that, you know, the debt ceiling could ultimately be uh, reached uh, in the first half of September, as opposed to a prior projection of October or early November. And so, if that is ultimately the case, I think it just highlights for uh, everyone that you know Congress needs to to get moving here and uh, and get something done so that we don't have that you know eleventh hour drama unfold. But you'll see the market's angst around that issue sort of show up uh, in the Treasury market, and particularly at the very front end of the curve, and looking at the you know the three month bill in particular in that respect. And we can see that's weaker today. So it just does suggest there's a little bit of nervousness there uh, as you know Congress has to uh, has to go to work. Thanks for joining me, sir. Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com, a reliable source for international and domestic stock information, bond information. Um, Solid, solid firm. So um, I've been working with him for 20 plus, almost 20 years, uh, and with CFP Chad Burton for 20 plus years. Uh, They're two very consistent people, and they give very consistent messages, and they don't go off record all that often. I've seen some panic from people, but not that much from these guys. I've seen some greed from people, but not much from these guys. If you're able to eliminate greed and fear, you can become a great investor, in my opinion. It's tough to do. Um, With that said, big event coming up Thursday night where you can actually meet CFP Chad Burton. I think it would be great if you come out. Um, My career is, I'm not at the end of it, but... Close sooner than later, and I think I need to start thinking about income in retirement just as much as you need to think about income in retirement. Uh, this is a good event. It's super fast. It's super informative. It's 630 to 830 Palo Alto Elks Lodge. It's, it's, it's infotainment. It's, it's a lot of information, but it's delivered well. Palo Alto Elks Lodge, Thursday night, 630 to 830. It's free if you are a radio user and use the code RADIO25. If you've never been to an event, we would love to see you there. Retirement planning is more complicated than ever. Who even knows where to begin? We're not taught these things. You can learn more by going to newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And down, uh, jump on the events page and sign up using the code RADIO25. I'm Rob Black. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. YouTube's got what are called influencers. These are typically pretty young people who capture the eyes of people between the ages 18 and 35. And um, they say, this is a great lipstick, or this is a, a good chair to sit in, or this is my beverage that I drink while playing games. And these influencers make millions of dollars. 
Speaking of influencers, we have CFP Chad Burton, big influencer on planning for retirement. You'll be at the big event Thursday evening, 630 to 830 at Palo Alto Elks Lodge. How are you, Chad? Great. How about you? Good. Do you see yourself as an influencer, or is that something only a term your kids would use? Um, definitely a term my kids would use. I don't no, I don't think I'd do enough on business-wise on social media to, to be considered an influencer. We do have, I mean, get a lot of following on our podcast, though, right? So across the country. So, I don't know, maybe. Producer, producer Zach gave you props this morning. He says, when Chad's not on the air, people call and say, where's Chad? You're an influencer. Live with it. Let's talk about the nine main reasons you need detailed retirement planning projections. This is going to influence people. Nine main reasons you need detailed planning projections. See, if I was an influencer, I'd have ten reasons because it's always the top ten list that you know really get the eyeballs, right? But I, I think the biggest. What's that? David Letterman, the top ten list. But go ahead. Yeah, exactly. Um, interest rates are so low. That's one of the big ones. I mean, I was telling a story this morning on the 6 a.m. show when I got into business at age 19. You could lock up money for seven to ten years at six percent, seven percent rates of return. That was pretty attractive back then. Of course, inflation was a little bit higher, and you know, mortgage rates were eight percent, not three and a half percent. So it's a little bit different environment, but. And having a lower interest rate environment has helped real estate and stocks out quite a lot over the last decade. But when you go into retirement, you need that safety of some income. You need three years' worth of portfolio draws and cash. So projections are different. That old 4% draw rate, you're going to be safe at age 65, is not as easy anymore. Um, so rates are low. That's another big reason. And it's not like, I don't know, Rob, what would you say stocks are super cheap right now after an 18% market rally with single-digit uh, earnings projection growth on the S&P 500? Would you say stocks are super cheap right now? Historically not. But we also have historically low interest rates, which gives me reason to give a little bit more stretched valuation to, quote-unquote, stocks. Not exactly. individual stocks, but... Yeah. Indices. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's a little bit of uncertainty in terms of historically they're not cheap relative to interest rates. They're they're attractive um, growth of the world population, middle class revenue around the world. That kind of thing. They're attractive, but it does create some uncertainty in retirement. And the order of stock market returns are extremely important. You know, if they come, do the good returns come right at the beginning or towards the end or whatever it may be. So dealing with the idea, I've got lower rates on my cash, my bonds, my CDs. Stocks are not super cheap as I go into retirement this year. It creates that uncertainty. Having a detailed cash flow projection and a plan to get through market corrections is extremely important going into retirement. And then another thing, one of the you know the third reason I guess is just that idea that a couple would have to set aside two hundred and fifty grand to pay for healthcare costs over retirement. So how do you project that? How do you that's, you that's put crazy, that money Chad. in a different account, or do you project it out over a long period of time? That's upsetting to hear. And let me just stop and repeat that for people. You can expect to spend $250,000 for your retirement lifetime on, on health care. Is that individual or, or couples? That would be a couple. And that would be okay. if you add up, if you, if you had accounts set aside and you take your Medicare Part B premiums out of it, you take your co-pays, your dental costs, any ancillary costs, and I'm not even talking about long-term care. That's a totally different one. But, you know, nursing homes and things like that, that's a different bucket. That's, this is just, just for the health care costs. So in retirement, you have Medicare Part B, you've got supplemental insurance, you've got Part D, you've got co-pays, 
dental costs that you know typically you're underpaying on your own. Um, so that's that's significant, and and those costs are growing at more like five to six percent. Other costs for retirees may be growing at two. So it's different rates of inflation on different items in your projections. Pretty interesting stuff. What else do we need to know about costs in retirement and kind of like I don't want to call it a line item budget, but again, the healthcare one's shocking because I want a million dollars to retire, but wait, wait, you're telling me 250,000 of that's going out the door and chop, 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 uh, just for right. healthcare. Yeah. And at, at 65, the old number used to be a 4% draw rate is okay. Now it's a little less than that because of lower interest rates. So much more careful on projections. The other thing is that in your projections, there's, there's two crazy things that happen. First of all, at 70 and a half, you have to pull money out of your 401ks, 403bs, IRAs, all that kind of stuff, the required minimum distribution. So that you have to look forward in your cash flow projections and see what happens to your tax bill starting at age 70 and a half. And that kind of all stra- plays into... Are you stressed that Congress that? may change that to 70... Congress has talked about changing the withdrawal all the way up to like 72 years old. Is yeah. that cause you stress or is that good news or is that... Oh, that, that would be great news because that would give you an extra two years to be able to do Roth IRA conversions where you get to the end of the year. And this is what, what I talk about very extensively on Thursday night, where you get to the end of the year, you know, mid-November, and you, you know your tax issues for the year, and you might find out that you have 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, $60,000 left at the existing tax bracket that you're in, and you're always going to be at that bracket. So you do some Roth conversions, convert money from your IRA to your Roth. There's no income limits to do it. Um, you just have to pay the taxes now. But if you're always going to be at that bracket, why not do it now? Basically, you're moving money from an account that you're always going to be taxes on to an account that's going to be tax-free for you and your family for the rest of your lives. Um, so that would just give us two more years to to deal with that strategy. I think it would be great. So let's talk a little bit about the seminar, because we could talk about projections. We could talk about capital gains. You're going to hit all of this at the event coming up on Thursday evening. Double-checking your expenses is a smart idea. Reverse dollar cost averaging can be a bad idea. Um, a lot of myths out there, and you kind of are a myth buster, influencer. You're all of these things. What are you going to be talking about at the event Thursday at the Elks Lodge in Palo Alto? You know, a lot of it is missed opportunities. Once you get to the end missed of the year and you're dealing with portfolio rebalancing, but you're also dealing with, I've got too much in one stock and too much sector. Where do I pull okay. my money from? How much more you can take at different brackets and pay very little in taxes. So very specific examples. We'll see you Thursday night at the Elks Lodge in Palo Alto. You can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com and use the code RADIO25 to get in for free if you haven't been to an event before, newfocusfinancial.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.